Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Feather Your Nest with Kids Health from us at the Nest Kids CPR and Allergy. Uh, the podcast is here to help you get clear and educated about all things child health, first aid and food allergies. So take a listen and don't forget to leave us your comments and reviews. Hey everyone, it's Heidi here from the Nest Kids CPR and Allergy and today we're looking at things from a parent's point of view. Um, as I've just explained to Emily, who I've got on the line here, um, I, you know, I can navigate allergy life and give advice and talk about that side of things, but I don't live with childhood food allergy. And I think it's really, really important to look at it from the point of view that you guys are coming from. Um, and I, you know, I feel like if one parent feels, um, a certain way, there's going to be lots of other parents that are going to feel the same way as well. So I think it's just really helpful to hear about other people's journeys. So today I've got Emily Lloyd-Tate here. Hello, Emily. Hello. Um, thank you for coming on and speaking to us. Very, it's going to be um, great to hear from, from you. Um, so I've just got a few questions, but feel free to just, just take it off on tangents if it needs to be. Uh, do what, you know, you can just talk about whatever you like. Um, there is no, there's no rules here really on the podcast. We just want to hear your story and make sure that um, you know, we, we hear everything that you've got to say. So we'll start off with listening, uh, just, um, sorry, we'll ask you about um, you and your family. So who is it in your family that has the allergy and what is the allergy to? Uh, so I only have one child. Uh, his name is Robin. He's 17 months old and he has a laundry list of allergies, unfortunately, food allergies specifically at this point. Um, the obvious ones, peanut, tree nut, soy, uh, sesame, milk, egg, but also uh, goat's milk, sheep's milk, uh, oat, avocado, banana, and I'm forgetting something, but yeah, I think that's, that, that's the laundry list. Oh, goodness. What? That's really, really pants. Um, so... Uh, sesame did you say sesame yeah sesame yeah. yeah okay so um and when was he diagnosed um right from the beginning as soon as well actually before we started solids um he was getting eczema and when we went to the doctor i didn't get eczema as a child but my partner certainly did um but i'm like asthmatic and dust mite allergic so we're a trifecta of atopic people generally and so the doctor was like yep look it might be dairy um they always say dairy I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh so I I started drinking less and we noticed an improvement straight away when I cut dairy out of my diet um but yeah we, we tried giving and then solids came along and I didn't really want it to be true so we tried him on a bit of yogurt and that he just got eczema all over his face and anywhere it touched his skin, it went bright red, same with cheese. So we stopped that pretty quickly. Uh, and then we had him on goat's milk for a while and he was tolerating goat's milk yogurt um, because he really didn't tolerate sheep's milk yogurt, which we learned the hard way when he projectile vomited in the cafe. Mm. Um, but then we stopped the goat milk yogurt once he got the diagnosis that he was properly allergic. Mm. Um, and similarly, Tahini on bread, big flare, itching, like he really rips up his skin and he gets very agitated. But the big one was 
because I was a, a new mum. I didn't even realise what day it was. It was New Year's Eve and I gave him peanut butter on bread. <laughs> uh, didn't even think. Um, and his face just swelled up and it looked like it does in the movies when they're mm. uh, showing a, an extreme allergy. And I called the ambulance and they took a very, very long time to pick up. So I panicked and I picked him up and I sprinted down the street <laughs> with him in my arms until I got to the pharmacy. Cause in my head, I thought I was going to fight a pharmacist for an EpiPen. Mm. Um, that was the only logical explanation. Uh, I've subsequently learned that all doctor's surgeries have adrenaline in them. So that's, yeah. <laughs> and you're a lot coming. less likely to get it at a pharmacy. They're very strict. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, good, good to know now. Um, but I was very fortunate actually. I ran in and by this point the ambulance had picked up on the phone while I was running. So I told them to meet me at the pharmacy and I ran in and I was in an absolute state and this nice man wandered over in exercise gear carrying a basket with vitamins in it and he sort of said oh hi i'm an off-duty paramedic do you want me to have a look at your kid i was like yes oh. god please <laughs> <laughs> um and so he ended up talking to them and having a look at robin and and uh was like look the extreme danger uh signals aren't here currently so you know relax and then when the Ambos did turn up, they were like, oh, hey, Adam. I was like, hi, guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, you really are. <laughs> Great. I think it's always really nice when people like that are kind of relaxed because you're like, okay, well, if, it's like looking at the air hostesses when the plane is in um, turbulence. It's like, well, if they don't look panicked, then there's probably no need to panic. <laughs> yes. And of course, you know, as soon as he was in the ambulance, like his face was still swollen, but he started flirting outrageously with the paramedics and, you know, being charming. I was like, come on, kid, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kids are great like that, though. They either feel crap or they don't. There's no in between. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, there you go. That's a, a definite diagnosis. Then. And then was he diagnosed with all the other kind of allergies um, via skin testing or did he, was he, did he eat them and then you knew? So after the peanut, uh, it really put the wind up me and I got quite frightened. Um, so we went and saw an immunologist and because of how many things he had anecdotally displayed allergies to, they didn't actually think it was appropriate to do the skin prick test. So we did, we've only ever done blood tests, mm -hmm. um, which <laughs> given the long list of his allergies, turns out to be quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they pretty much tested everything that is a common allergen. And then subsequently they do, it turns out they hold the blood for a little while. So there was lots of calls where I'd call up and be like, can we add oat? Um, can we add this? Uh, I think we need to add this. So it's sort of just kept chipping away and chipping away. We've done mm. two rounds of blood tests now. Um, and each time it's sort of revealed something new. Yeah. Where are you based? Just Sydney. Roughly. You're in Sydney. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was your diagnosis. And yeah, how often do you see your specialist as well? I suppose he's only, he's still only little. You've not, how, how often have you seen them? Uh, twice a year seems to be the recommendation for us. So um, mm. I guess my my immunologist has a phrase that he's very fond of he says these blood results are just a single snapshot in an 
ever-evolving film of Robin's allergic life. <laughs> he says that quite regularly. Um, but I guess what he's trying to communicate is, so each time when we get the blood work, there's the overall IgE sort of rating. I don't, mm. I don't know what you call it. Um, and they're able to track whether things are going up or down. So he's going up to egg and milk, but coming down to a couple of other things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I get that saying, actually. That's quite, yeah, quite apt. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll, they will come down with age as well with egg and milk. I mean, it's more likely that he'll grow out of it than he won't. So fingers crossed. Um, and does he go to daycare? He does three days. Okay. A how, how do you navigate daycare? Like was how, how was that starting daycare with a child with a food allergy? I guess we are lucky in some ways that he is diagnosed now um, because there isn't a school or daycare in the country that allows nuts on the premises, mm. which is great because that certainly wasn't true when I was growing up um, for the children who grew up with, severe peanut allergies in the 80s albeit there were significantly fewer of them i imagine that would have been far more stressful for their parents um yeah. so the nut thing is that's his most severe allergy and so we feel pretty confident about that one at daycare the trickier one to navigate is um milk and egg um a lot of kids have eggs, so they, they're less likely to use egg in things. But milk, like, you know, they have cereal and they, they have cakes and pancakes and butter and all sorts of things like that. Um, they've been pretty good. There's only been one slip up. And we're lucky that Robin's dairy allergy makes him very sick. And he, mm. he vomits and he gets very rashy, but it's not. an Well, subsequent, currently, it hasn't manifested as a anaphylactic reaction. Mm. So that one slip up, we were fortunate that we were able to administer antihistamine and, and uh, put some steroid cream on the itching and that's managed it. Yeah. Um, they were very, very sorry. And, you know, we just had, it was done. So yeah. <laughs> there wasn't much we could do about it. <laughs> I, and I think if they see it, it, it kind of makes it just sort of hammers home even more that unfortunately they do they do have they had, do have to be more vigilant these days and I kind of feel bad for them because I often think that working in a daycare is not a walk in the park and I, I'm so grateful that daycares even exist um, and now they're dealing with this one in ten you know under one-year-olds with these diagnosed food allergies I mean it's a lot so the only upside that I see of well I'm sure there are others but one of the biggest upsides is that food allergy isn't that uncommon now so people have to be more aware of it Therefore, hopefully more education is, you know, only a good thing. But yeah, it must be really scary. Um, yeah. We've been lucky, actually. Interestingly, what we've found is that the rise in veganism broadly in the community has meant that there's a lot more accessible food for us than there would have been. Mm. Um, because it conveniently cuts out egg and dairy quite quickly. Yeah, especially uh, in Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're very lucky in that. Rise of the yeah. vegans. <laughs> yeah, the only place we could be better is Melbourne. Mm, mm. Um, okay, so how do you manage social occasions when you're, I don't know whether sometimes it's more stressful around family, sometimes it's more stressful around friends. Like, do you find these situations stressful or do you manage them quite well? How, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? Currently, it's 
been okay, I think because he's quite young and isn't fully independent yet. I foresee this becoming more of a problem. Um, when we go to playgrounds and kids are running around with snacks in their hands, I'm always keep like looking at that. And again, it's a possibly a naive hope, but I feel like a lot of kids wouldn't be bringing a peanut bar to a playground just because of most people seem familiar with the idea of a peanut allergy. It's the other ones that seem to trip people up a lot more is what I've come across. Um, but yeah, it is, you do, it's a, a state of vigilance. You're just yeah. always like, you'll look over and be like, Oh, okay. She's got chicken crimpies in her hand. I already know that those are vegan. Cool. Fine. No worries. Mm. All the kids holding those biscuits are fine. Yeah. So it's just um, another level of, you're always scanning everything for danger when you've got a child, but I suppose it's just another level of that, that, yeah, that you have to have. And I, I agree with the peanut thing. I think, um, my friend, my best friend who, um, is, you know, works in travel has nothing to do with allergy. And she took her nephew to London recently, um, with her other three kids and he has a peanut allergy, uh, only a peanut allergy and he's 12. So he's likely to be stuck with it now. Um, and, his parents had forgotten to give him the EpiPen and she was just like, for God's sake, you know, she was just really worried. And she was messaging me. And I said, look, with just peanut, you're so much less likely to get that accident. They were going for afternoon tea in London. You're so much less likely to come across that accidental exposure because people think that peanut is the only food that people can be allergic to. It's all about peanuts. Like this is a peanut free, you know, crash. And this is, peanut free bakery whereas the tree nuts are in everything mm. you know the tree nuts that i feel like people just are completely unaware of in the banana breads and all these special cakes and the almond meal and all that whereas peanuts people are like, oh no you can't put peanuts in it and if there is peanuts in something it's like the peanut cookie or the peanut brownie you know so it's actually really obvious but i agree that peanut is definitely um something that people tend to be more aware of than than the tree nuts yeah, I think I'm also fortunate. I'm a restaurant critic uh, in my day life, and the I'm because I'm very familiar with food and what goes in food and what recipes are and how things are made because I have to for my job. It has made navigating with my kid a lot easier. Mm. I'm I feel more confident in a restaurant or a cafe ordering and asking the questions and knowing what is likely to have something in it. Um, mm. because I know how a lot of things are made, um, particularly at that kind of level. So that's been lucky. Um, and it has made sort of like a, a level of food literacy has proven very beneficial to just feeling like we get to live a normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So has he ever had anaphylaxis? No, um, the, the peanut scare was his first peanut exposure. Um, and well, no, I guess, no, it wouldn't be considered, it would be considered sort of moderate by the EpiPen rules. Yeah. yeah by the action um, plan. But be, uh, his blood tests have revealed he's very, sensitive to peanuts and mm -hmm. we did the extra test that tells you specifically about the protein rara 17 or something like that mm -hmm. 
I can't remember the exact thing. Um, and he, and that's the one, like it's the, the one that is um, indicated in common anaphylactic level reactions for people. Yeah. He, he is sensitive to that protein. So there's every reason to think that he's at risk. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we just, we, we just uh, practice vigilance and yeah, the yeah. RH2. That one. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of these tests can show us that the children that are more likely to have a more severe reaction, but still can't tell you the severity really. So it's very, but yeah, it does show you the more likely, whereas SPT doesn't necessarily do that. Yeah, um, we're operating on. Uh, a level of assumption yes on the worst case scenario here based yeah. on his results yeah um well hopefully you'll never see anaphylaxis um because you haven't yet and so hopefully you, you never will um, but he has an epipen does he he does yes yeah yeah okay his training pen is his favorite toy <laughs> yeah my son too um because i carry training pens in my bag because if i leave them at the hospital they go missing so um, he's often playing with them in a coffee shop and people looking horrified at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and have you taught any of the family members or good friends that you hang out with um, what to do in, in an emergency with him? Yeah, when, when I leave him with anyone when I'm not there, um, I always run them through the EpiPen and a few of your posts have certainly um reinforced what i've experienced personally which is that it it makes people feel very panicked when you <laughs> run them through it they get really worried and um sort of flappy about it when you're like it's very simple you just do this you do that it's fine and they're like uh the, the idea of doing it makes people very very uncomfortable and nervous um i've shown all the family the extended family but i wouldn't say that i am confident that they will retain that information in a crisis moment. Mm. I anticipate that should something go wrong, they will be calling the ambulance and the person at the end of the phone will be walking them through it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, at the end of the day, that's what, you know, uh, it, the the triple zero people will, will talk someone through it if they need to. So I think calling the ambulance is a very good idea. <laughs> um, and then if they really panic and they can't remember, then just, yeah, they're gonna talk them through it anyway. Um, I can just imagine my parents trying to find their glasses so they can read the instructions <laughs> on the pen and it's, yeah, it'll be a comedy of errors. So <laughs> there is a post, I don't know if you've seen it with my six year old son doing it. Um, it's a very short 15 second video and he's like blue cap off and then he, and he does it. And then that's kind of just to really show how simple it is that I know he doesn't have anaphylaxis, but he knows how to use an EpiPen. And just, yeah, it's more the, the, the emotions around it that are the issue, not the actual administration of the EpiPen. Um, the ambulance that took Robin to hospital that first time uh, we were chatting on our way and they said that they've had more than one instance of people panicking and jamming themselves with the pen instead of yeah. the yeah, that's why we say blue to the sky, orange to the thigh. Don't put your thumb over the orange bit. You will get a jab and then <laughs> you'll know about it. <laughs> oh, golly. Um, how's your mental health around um, 
sorry, probably a personal question, but around your child's food allergy, like, do you feel like you cope okay? Um, do you think it is a mindset? Um, do you think you, that if you can manage a mindset shift around it, that life can be a little easier? Or do you think it's easy to spiral? Like, how do you manage um, with that side of things? I'll admit when he was first diagnosed, I took it very personally. Um, not just because of my job and the fact that food is the only thing that I really care about. Um, I was very sulky uh, and very upset. Uh, I had a real why me moment. Um, but with time and sort of just getting the hang of introducing solids and, and cause you know, at the same time, you're also navigating just food generally with a child and half of it, they're throwing on the floor and you're frustrated that they won't eat the food you made them. And there's, there's a lot happening all mm -hmm. at the same time, which you then add allergies on top of. Now that we're sort of more in the swing of it and he eats well and people do, I'm lucky people are always like, Oh, he doesn't look like he's allergic to stuff. I think they're trying to say he's fat nicely, but <laughs> okay, <it's> a small <laughs> child. <laughs> um, so that, like now that we've got the hang of it, we've got our rhythm. We, we know to pack our lunchbox before we go. Um, we don't go anywhere without food uh, that we've brought from home and that we know is safe. Um, that makes everything a bit easier, but whenever we have a flare or he eats something that seems to disagree with him, or you have a moment where something's happened and you think there might've been a slip, you, you get to panic really fast. Yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll go from being like, everything's fine. This is totally under control to basically being like, ah, mm -hmm. <laughs> very, very fast. Um, so some of it's, I guess, stiff upper lipness um, until something goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. One, as he gets more independent, I think the worry when I can't be in control of things is going to get worse. And that'll probably be something to manage. Yeah. But you, you also equally might find that you evolve with that as well and that you're not. So now you feel like you might be like that, but as he gets older, he maybe will have less allergies and you maybe would have just be a bit more comfortable with it all. And, you know, you might not feel as you think you might, you know, you never know. Time will tell, I suppose. I'm fortunate. I have a very good group of friends who are very respectful. And mm -hmm. even when we meet in the park, they'll always like open their lunch boxes and be like, I made him Vegemite because that's safe. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah. That's, that's good. It's one less thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, so final question. Can, we pick, can you pick any positives or silver lining around, um, around your, your situation with, with your little one with a food allergy? I think it has made me more empathetic to other people who experience any form of exclusion socially. Um, I'm, I'm a very privileged person. Um, I, you know, I'm middle-class white, grew up in the city, went to uni. Um, I, I, there's very, pretty much no pocket of society that I've experienced exclusion from. So, uh, while I sympathize, I don't think I could empathize particularly with, uh, people, but 
having a kid with allergies and having to call ahead and ask what's being served at the party and, and post in the group saying, please don't bring peanuts. And uh, it's made me much more aware of other barriers that people face, which I think has probably been good for personal growth, um, being aware of what people with other dietary restrictions, um, be they health-based or uh, choice-based experience when we go out. My sister's a vegan and I'm much nicer <laughs> about that than I was <laughs> originally. Um, and now I get very like upset on her behalf when there's only one option on the menu. I'm like, this is outrageous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it does sort of make you, you recognize a bit faster when, you know, uh, places are inaccessible for people with mobility difficulties or things like that. You suddenly, having been on the receiving end of the realities of possibly being excluded from social events and activities for something that is outside your control. I think, yeah. you know, a yeah. bit more empathy can't be a bad thing in this world. Definitely. I think that's a very, very good positive note to end on. So thank you so much. Whoopsie. Sorry. Thank you so much. Um, this has been really great. And I'm sure, um, that uh, some uh, other parents are going to get a lot out of this and just um uh i think it's really i just think it's really important to hear from people that are living the same um you know the same or in the same boat as you are and uh it's just it's so important because i can while i can sympathize it's very difficult to for me to be able to look at things from this angle so thank you so much for sharing with us emily and um, I'm sure we will speak to you again very, very soon. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. We've loved speaking to you today. Remember to go to the bottom of every page on our website to grab our virtual first aid kit. And don't forget, we've relaunched the Nest Allergy Membership. So if you're a family living with childhood allergy, you've found your support network run by professional allergy nurse specialists. Take care. We'll see you next week.